So you mentioned a few things mm-hmm. um, about um, living in community. Really appreciated what you said about the the identity of of, of a pastor. Like I I think too. Like I, I know you well enough to know you're like you know you have an idea of who you are outside of your role and your calling as a pastor and your identity in Christ. Some people don't. Some people aren't, yeah. they're not able to, I don't know if it's separating, but it's just like realizing a sense of, of worth in Christ apart from what we do. Oh yeah. And what, yeah. We're, what we're called to. And you, I, you exemplify that and how you live Mikey um, sure. from my experience. Um, yeah. But yeah, the whole idea of like, if I'm called to be a pastor and into ministry, like, the need never shuts off. You have to pause. Right. Like Jesus exemplified this. Um, people couldn't find him. It was really annoying. You know, there were lots of times where it's like, where'd Jesus go? Who knows? We don't know where that guy's at. <laughs> Probably taking a nap. Yeah. Um, but I think some people don't realize in ministry, like it could be 24 seven. You can't just treat it like an hourly job where you set it down. And then you, you, you have to intentionally set down role responsibility, trusted to God, but you could get called in the middle of the night for something to go be with people or to help with something. Now, Shepard's a little bit different. And I've been, I've been thinking about this recently too, in our conversations with, um, I don't know what you think about this. I'm I'm curious, but in our conversations with just, um, Shepard's a community center and it's a job and it's a ministry, but it's also like this internship and fellowship in the roles that we've been discussing and this expectation to be a part of church and worship community. And as I've, as we've talked about that and been navigating that, uh, especially this semester, I've been thinking, you know, all the internships I've served in, in ministry, of course, I was expected to go to church on Sunday mornings. It was like a part of my job. I counted it in my hours and shepherd is a little, it's different because your hours are during the week, but there's expectation to be a part of worship community on the weekends and so there's there can be there can be a dissonance that kind of um is created there between people but every internship i've been a part of in ministry i've been expected to be a part of of worship community and this one we're still trying to figure some of that out as far as communication and expectation and and um context but uh, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm verbally processing with you that I've been thinking about that lately. Um, and I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or feedback to me. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Pretty much any internship in ministry, you're going to be expected to attend their church um, on Sundays. Um, it's just, it's weird because the generation coming up now that I'm part of just barely but still am um and that we're going to be you know having interns of is is gen z and so you know telling gen z you have to do this um immediately is just like okay why right <laughs> you know there's mm. always got to be a why behind it a philosophy behind it um unlike any other generation i'd say um so i mean i i don't see it as that big of a deal and that's something we kind of 
because we talked when we were helping write a possible amendment and things like that, you know, we talked about, I was like, yeah, I, I don't see a big issue in this, but I do see why there could be an issue. And, and right now we're seeing like a lot of consumeristic churches. Um, and we kind of mentioned that as like, you know, uh, church is so marketable now and, and, and we market it. Right. And we, we want to create a product that people like, um, and the churches that shepherd runs, that's part of shepherd are not that way. We're not a marketable church. We're not, we're not a church that, that sells easy. We're not, we're not, um, your typical college church, you know, um, neither, you know, shepherd or intersection or anything like that. Um, we're very much so we very much so represent our neighbors. Um, if you want to know what an inner city East side church looks like, you look at shepherd or you look at intersection, you know, it's, it's the church for the unchurched. It's not the church for the church that is trying to find their church, which typically means the church that they preference more, you know, um, because, and, and that comes from someone who used to like to, to shop church shop, you know, so I'm not saying that's bad, but I mean, I, I will say these churches don't fit that mold. Both of them don't have a worship team. You know, both of them use music videos. Um, both of them gear their services towards, like I said, the unchurched. And I think that's, that's weird, you know? Um, and so sometimes for interns coming in, that's difficult, but yeah, I don't, I don't see an issue with it. I think in general, eh, it is what it is. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. It's an internship. I, I'm, a, you know? I'm excited to see what happens this summer as we have a whole new um, crew of folks coming in as summer interns yeah. and, and year long fellows. And I've been journeying along with them. You're going to meet them since you're going to be there and on staff. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I see a real opportunity with Shepherd worship uh experiences with the churches that 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 shepherd is connected to this is a this is a space where young adults can really come in and have a big impact and and be able to help shape and speak into and be a part of or um actually it's not an or it's a both and because you can go explore other churches you can go visit other places like we're we're building we're we're rebuilding that so that you can do that but this it's you can just go sit in a chair and look at the back of somebody's head and listen to somebody screech at you for 20 minutes or an hour or however long it is and you can decide whether you like that or not like that like a flavor of ice cream just like i can um but you also could be a part of something and you could contribute to something and then i've seen you do that like i've seen you you landed at shepherd and again um go back you know and and you listen to that first conversation that you and i had where we like we we've met each other before but we didn't really know each other yeah and and dude you were jumping right in and you were volunteering and like that's not a part of your fellowship at shepherd to volunteer at the church you did that because of your calling because of ministry because you wanted to and and i know that that's meant a lot to people um around there and you also got i think you're getting more out of your experience than you would have if you'd just been like i'm just punching 
just punching the card here for for ministry. And that's why we ask people about what's the difference between a job and ministry and what's the difference between ministry and and being a missionary and hearing different philosophies on 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 what people have and kind of where they're at with that. Um yeah. so I'm I'm curious what what have been um some challenges out of the year uh that that come to mind that you feel comfortable sharing about because i know there's lots of there's yeah. lots of things you could pick from <laughs> any of us could and anything that we've done yeah. but what are some things that you're like this is really challenging but it's it's also been formative for me yeah um well something that uh, before i get into it something that was really helpful is so i've, I've had this mentorship with uh with jay with jay height and one of the things we talked about very early on is that um, biblically, life is not meant to be lived in balance. Is not meant to be lived in balance, but rather rhythm. And that there, it, life is like a roller coaster. It's very rhythmical. There's there's really stressful times, and there's really low and easy times. Mm. Um, and so knowing that before everything of shepherd, I mean while it was still new was, was really helpful. Um, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of challenges with your work, with your personal life, with your spiritual life, all of that. Um, like you typically have, but also it is a ministry and ministry is very difficult. And so it, it, it's, it's more so I would say. Um, but I think some of the biggest challenges is one of the things we mentioned earlier was the differences between, living in a community in college and living in community here. You know, in college, I picked my apartment, right? I, I picked my apartment mates. I knew who I was living with and I'd been friends with them, you know, for four years, right? And, and it was the same, mostly the same apartment group each year, core group going through. And, you know, you, you had a lot of choice in that. Um, with living in community with others, you don't really have a choice here you know who you're living with and so you have to just naturally fit in and and for the guys we've mostly fit in but there has been some conflict because of you know different convictions for some people that others don't have um and you know maybe um giving up something that you don't see as that bad but others may and it may offend others and so having to live in that sense of like, I'm coming home, but I'm not actually home, right? I come home, but I'm still in shepherd. You know, I, I, I come home and I'm, and I'm surrounded by shepherd and what I do at home could potentially, you know, go back to shepherd. Right. Um, and so it's, it's almost like you never actually leave shepherd because you don't you're living in shepherd housing with shepherd people. Um, and so there's, there's no escape. So one of the things that I've really focused on and just naturally knew to do, that's, I think some of the interns kind of had to learn for themselves was to break out of that shepherd bubble was to find something where like, okay, I'm not, I'm not at shepherd. I'm, I'm not here. Um, I'm on my own. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. One of the things that was really helpful for me was there was a um, there was a young adults group that I went to for a while. I kind of stopped going to, but it was Redeemer Bible Church, which is about 30 minutes away, um, has this really big young adults group. 
Um, and I was able to just go in, get plugged in and not have to lead, you know, um, I was able to just go and, and be there, um, and not, not have any responsibility, not have anything. So it was, mm. it was really nice. And that's something that you do have to do as an intern. Um, and there's, there's a lot of benefits too, I would say of, you know, you go from shepherd to living at shepherd. Um, there's, there's benefits in that you definitely just naturally build community you know you just naturally fit in you naturally plug in um with the people that you're living with but there are dangers to that you know um and so you have to inherently know okay i need to i need to break away from this and so that's why i do weekend trips a lot um i i'll go you know i'll stay here for a couple weekends sometimes three and then i'll head out and you know i i i'm doing weekend trips fairly often just because it's like, I, I want to get away so that I'm not always in this bubble. I, I think that can sometimes really take a hit on your mental health if you're not yeah. careful. Yeah. Dude, and speaking of mental health, I meant to say earlier, um, really proud of you for, for initiating uh, that conversation with the counselor and also um, like, taking advantage of a resource that was offered to you as oh, yeah. someone, you know, serving in a fellowship at Shepherd and um, that's offered to Shepherd staff. Um, I don't, I don't think that you had told me that and all the different times we've talked. I, I think that's the first time, at least that it really registered with me that you had, you were going to a counselor. I'm, I'm glad that you did. And, yeah, and I, I think it, it also with all the different things I've, you know, that you've shared with me that you had going on over the last year. Um, it helps me understand like one of the pieces that was, that was helping equip you to navigate those different things. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me when, when I was there uh, visiting in um, what was that man? Was it already the end of February? And then I went down to Nashville for a couple of days. I went to this, I went to this young adult seminar that, that crew put on at a church in Nashville. And the guy that spoke that morning said, everybody in ministry should be meeting with a counselor on an ongoing basis. And he, and he yeah. said, and, and this was his reasoning, whether you realize it or not, you probably have some type of post-traumatic stress that you're processing because you've gone through trauma you've you've either gone through your own trauma or you've helped accompany people as a pastor through their own trauma and you may or may not be carrying that well and so meeting with a counselor is a really good way for you to be um paying attention to those things and and healthy and it'll help you with your relationships and your marriage if you're married and just you know and i was like whoa like he's not wrong but that's the first time i would ever heard somebody quite successful running a christian ministry pastor in his own right go every pastor should be meeting with a counselor absolutely and I, I don't i don't think the pastors hear that or think about that a lot and they often think of it as i give towards other people i don't get from other people they live whether consciously or subconsciously um and and that that can lead to burnout that can lead to a lot of unhealthy processing or habits or um just neglect of, of, you know, how, how do you love God with all you are and your neighbor as yourself? If you don't 
practice loving yourself yeah. in a way that's life-giving. But yeah, curious your thoughts on on that. But I wanted to I wanted to compliment you for being a young leader, young pastor, yeah. and recognizing, hey, I need. I need, I'm going to take advantage of this counseling, but I love it. You're like, yeah, I, I had my issue dealt with really January, uh, probably December, but I just kept me with them because they kept booking me and I have this available right. and I found it was helpful. It wasn't just reactive. It was proactive. It became proactive yeah. for you to meet with the well, counselor. And that's the thing too, is like the, uh, out, the outlook, I think on it, the, um, yeah, the way you kind of view it, um, when I came in to counseling, it was like, because there was a lot going on in my personal life, not even in my work life. There's just so much that I needed to talk to someone about um, that was a professional and knew how to talk about stuff like that. Um, and now I think it's more of like, I saw it as then as like, you know, you go to the doctor when you're sick, right? So you go to a counselor when you have a lot going on. But now I view it as like, preventative medicine in a sense of like I go to him regularly to prevent big mental health issues from happening you know it's it's like if if you stretch before every workout then you're going to prevent tearing your ACL but if you never stretch and you just run as hard as you can you're you know doing a whole bunch of stuff and you know playing sports and all that then you're going to run a higher risk of Mm. a big issue coming up you know, so I, I see it more of, again, the outlook changed once I started continuing to go to him. I was like, oh, you know, this is really good because like all these issues are over with, but here's like all this like work stuff that I need to talk to someone about because you can't talk to other work people about it oh, yeah. because then it's like, okay, you seem like a gossip, but too, like you also risk like some of that kind of coming out. And so going to someone who is confidential, who um, and will give you wise advice um, and is trained in doing that um, is, is that preventative care. It's, it's stretching your, your mind. It's, it's, it's the mental health of stretching, you know? So yeah, continual counseling, I, I think is really good. Um, the, this is a question. I'm not trying to like out anybody else. I don't want any names. It's just, I'm asking for yeah. observation on your part. Have you seen other fellows, interns, bridge students, take advantage of the counseling that shepherd's offering oh yeah mm-hmm. okay good absolutely and is that is it is it something where it's like everybody everybody knows that that's available to them because i've seen the communication go out um yeah. and i'm really glad to hear you say like i didn't i didn't suppose it was some other way i'm just glad that that you know this that mm-hmm. that even though it's work provided counseling it's a space of confidentiality that you're able to process work at that you maybe couldn't do in the same way with um a coworker or a supervisor or like there's different there's different conversations that are um uh different levels of appropriate to process or healthy to process yeah and you found an outlet for different spaces so that you can work on these different things um and shepherds help provide that. That's, I mean, if I was a young adult and, and I was like, whoa, like I'm going to go someplace and they're providing counseling for me too. And it's been helpful to other young adults. Um, I mean, I'm not seeing that on any brochures or anything, but that's a benefit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 
Um, okay. So we've talked about some challenges. We've talked about living in community and that's kind of, it's different and it's good, but it's hard. And we've journeyed some there in some of our conversations. And you've been like, you've been like the, the house lead. You've been like the, like, what, what do you, I know Alan's called this different things and I've pushed back on him. You know, when he was calling you house dad, I was like, dude, he, number one, he's not a dad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and number, number two, he's, he's a, he's like a bro with everybody and that's a weird position to put him in. Alan agree with me. I'm not saying anything we haven't talked about, right. but it's like more of a resident assistant maybe, mm-hmm. or resident yeah. director quasi kind of role or hybrid of the two. Like yeah. how, how do you, how do you see the position that you've served in, in the house this last year of, of leadership? Yeah, it's um, so I, I would I would kind of call it an RA position too. Um, I would kind of see Alan as the RD and then myself as the RA. Um, and it's been it's been different. It's been a challenge as well because um, you know when I first started it, I just saw myself as one of the guys, uh, and that's and that's how I went out about it. Um, and you know that was man, it was, it was good in some ways. It was bad in others. If I could do it over again, there's obviously things that I would change. I, I think I didn't do it right at first. I think I just want to be one of the guys. Um, and then later on was like, okay, well, like I can't really be one of the guys. And, and that kind of happened. Eventually someone kind of pulled me aside and was like, listen, um, you're not their friend. You're their leader and you need to act like it. Um, and they're, they're, he kind of said, you're their, their pastor. And that was when also I realized like that pastor hat doesn't come off once you come home, right? Mm. It, it stays on. Uh, and that was something that was difficult. Uh, and that's, that's been a challenge too, because, you know, not only when you come home, uh, are you still at shepherd, but you're still leading, you're still the leader. Uh, and so that was really difficult. And I didn't have prior experience as an RA. Um, I, I was well, I never had RA. Been. No, no, I, I was never an RA in college, never even applied for an RA position, never tried. Um, I just, you know, wasn't interested. And so when I came into it, it was like, oh, I'm that guy. <laughs> um, and so, but it's, it's also been really cool. It's also been really, really rewarding getting to see that and getting to kind of be the leader and kind of bring the guys together. And, and we did uh, weekly devos for a while. And that was, that was really cool to get to get to lead those and to get to watch some spiritual development take place. So yeah, it's a challenge, but with every challenge comes great benefits, you know? Um, And it it really shows like, like in James, when they're talking about that press, you know, um, and and how, you know, trials and challenges, yeah, are hard, but when you come out of it, you come out better, you know, Um, it's, it's like a forge almost. And it's really helped me um, forge, uh, some leadership skills, some leadership qualities, um, and truthfully servant leadership. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been an interesting role. Yeah. Well, I, I think I had assumed that you'd been an RA before because I saw you exhibiting those like peer leadership qualities naturally, Mikey. Yeah. And I saw you journeying with people and I saw you just hanging out and, and being somebody that, that people could just be themselves with. But I also saw you like 
one, trying to lead yourself, practicing some self-leadership, and then two, like trying to help other people kind of find their way, coming alongside them in that, which yeah. which are great discipleship qualities. They're great mentoring. They're great pastoral. They're great um, RA qualities. And so I've been really grateful for you to be serving in, in that role this, this next year. So what's, what's some advice you have for somebody that would be coming into um, that kind of RA role in the house for yeah. this, this next year? Yeah. Um, I think really just, you know, understanding from the get-go, like you, you are the leader, um, you know, that hat doesn't come off. And so you got to be, yeah. And, and I, I took the role more as like a pastoral role rather than like, um, like just a, uh, just an RA role. I saw it more as like, like a pastor, like this is your parish. But the issue was uh, sometimes I take that pastor's hat off. Uh, sometimes I just be one of the guys. Um, and that, that isn't really helpful. Um, cause that hat needs to stay on all the time. Um, and so what I'd say is really just, you know, you're the leader. So you just gotta, you gotta have that mindset the whole time. Um, but you know, it's okay. Yeah. It's hard, but it's very rewarding. So, and there's different ways to lead. Not everybody leads the same way. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm processing struggling probably is a more accurate word when I hear you say like the, the pastor's hat never comes off. Cause I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, and I, I know that you've taken intentional time to rest too. So yeah. maybe it's like, it's like you wear, it's kind of like, this is a horrible example, but it's kind of like Michael Scott in the office when <laughs> he goes into date night mode and he puts his hat on backwards. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Know, he, he thinks he's cool because he's got his hat on backwards, but he's still, he's still got the hat on, you know? <laughs> But it's, yeah. it's so it's different modes of leadership, different modes of yeah. being together in community, different modes of of maybe maybe pastoring. Um, because there For are sure. times that I've been in leadership with people, different ages, sometimes peers, sometimes older, sometimes younger, and it's like we're just hanging out, we're just having a good time, and that's yeah. that's really helpful for them in relationship with me. But then there are other times it's like, no, we're gonna have a serious conversation right now. We can do both, and that speaks to yeah maturity, navigating relationships. Um, and when someone can draw a line on health and boundaries and community accountability and stuff, people tend to respect that. It's when they don't, they press the boundaries and find out there's none and they're like, whatever. Yeah. You know, or hypocrisy or somebody that doesn't fall through right. the things that they say they that that someone else should or that they were going to yeah and and i think i think a really good and early on i think it was around september um you know meeting with jay i had a problem with a with a student um he'd open up to me and i didn't really know how to respond but i got this quote uh you're not the solution but you can lead someone to the solution and the solution is jesus and so Hmm. You know, one of the things that we're talking about, like I said, the pastor hat, it, it doesn't come off, but to be a good pastor, you know how to live life with the hat on constantly. And I look at mm. the way Jesus was, was a minister, was a pastor. Um, he lived life with others. And there's times where he is like having fun. He's just 
He's eating fish. He's just sitting with his disciples. He's living life. And then there's times where, right, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're having a serious discussion. Am I the Messiah or not? What's to come? How's, you know, what's, what's our eschatology looking like? What's your return going to be like? What's the kingdom going to look like? All these things just randomly get serious. And then it, and then it get back, gets back to normal life. They're just, they're just walking from synagogue to synagogue, you know, and it, I can't imagine that every walk from synagogue to synagogue is filled with serious, deep conversation. Right. <laughs> and, and then there's moments too, where he leaves his disciples, he gets out, he takes a nap, he walks away, he gets his alone time. And even as extroverted as I am, there's been times where I drive over to a park. I think it's Paul, Wick, Paul Wicker, Paul Walker, right? No, not Paul Walker. Anyways, there's some park right near where Alan lives and, and, and I parked my car and would set my phone um, in like my back pocket where I couldn't feel it vibrate even and just put the headphones on and walk around this, this forest for like an hour because I needed to get away and I needed yeah. solitude. Um, and so just because the hat stays on all the time, you need to know how to ensure that you can live into that calling. Hmm. And that, that does mean self-care. That does mean rest. That does mean getting away from others. That does mean rejecting phone calls. That does mean ignoring texts sometimes, because sometimes you just, you have to do that. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, just kind of, kind of shedding more light on that because a true pastor will focus on self-care. You know, if, if you're going to, you know, you got to put your oxygen mask on before you help others put their oxygen mask on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's how you got to live life as a pastor. You can't help others if you're not, you know, doing the right stuff and self-care and helping yourself. It's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, what what advice would you have for somebody considering a year long fellowship with Shepherd? Yeah, I, I think a big thing is to look at it as, yeah, it's a journey one, and it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Um, but you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a year. You're going to be here, and it's going to be rough at times. It's going to be easy at times. Fun at times challenging and difficult at other times um there's gonna be times where it's not fun there's gonna be times where it kind of sucks and you're like why am I here I don't want to be here you know there was a time for me where when I would drive to Cornerstone I would drive past White House and I'd look up and it says you know hiring managers 18 an hour and I'm like man that would be a lot easier (laughs) of a life than this but it's nowhere near as rewarding of a life mm. as a fellowship. And so you know, just see it as a year of incarnational ministry of just living with others, doing kingdom work. Yeah. Uh, and, and see it as a marathon, you know, pace yourself. Right on. Right on. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking some time with me. Any, Absolutely. Any parting thoughts to to officially end 
this recorded conversation? Um, yeah, let me think. Let me think of a quote. Let me think of a quote. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I would just say, you know, a fellowship is fun. A fellowship is challenging. But a fellowship is worth it, you know? So if, if you're considering it, I'd say go for it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's all I got, man. That's, that's, that's my words of wisdom. They are received and they will be shared. Okay, I got, I got one last question for you. All right, let's hear it. That description you gave in the early uh, part of our conversation today about this coffee table, <laughs> you said something yeah. about not sanding off the gloss. Describe that, describe that to me again. Like what, tell me, tell me what needed to happen glass. and tell me what you were worried, the glass. Yeah. So they're first graders and we, I didn't think I'd have to explain this. I had to, we had sandpaper and one of the kids was like, Oh, I got to make sure the glass is smooth because it's a coffee table and it's, it's wood. And then it has a glass pane and under it, uh, inside the coffee table is a as a bedrock is a is a bed of, of white rocks and it's really nice and the kids just start sanding the glass and I'm like what are you doing you know so I was like uh, glass is already smooth Bob let's let's just stay on the wood here um so now you know I'm gonna have them finish the wood now about, about some finish um we'll see how it turns out but yeah, I'm, I'm having to paint that thing up because if I don't, I, one, they'll just naturally drop it on it. Accidents happen. But two, I think they might actually think, oh, we got to, we got to put a finish on the, on the glass. So what do you do with, what do you do with the glass when it's been sanded on? You just, you just cry on the inside. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> I mean, it was a $30 table I got at a garage sale. It's, and I let a first grader stand. I knew this isn't going to be good workmanship in general. I was, I was just, this is something that they can work on. And they could be like, yeah, we fixed up this table. That's like, well, yeah, that's subjective. But, you know, hey, you, you worked on something, you know, construction club. Don't sand on the glass. Yeah. Which is ironic because isn't glass made of sand? Yeah. That's weird right? to me. <laughs> weird. Hmm. Okay. I just had to revisit that because there's something there. I don't know what it <laughs> is, but there's something there. I don't know if it's like a battle preach type thing or, <laughs> or, 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 or what's happening, but there's my, my, my creative tentacles are wrapping around that and squeezing it. We're just waiting for something to just, just drip out. I don't <laughs> some, know what it's going to be. Something will come out of it. Yeah. It might just die. It might just die. <laughs> and there's no, there's no life there, but there might be something. There might be something. All right, man. Thank you so much, Mikey. Um, Absolutely. Let's just, let's just stay on a second and let's just let's just be bros together off the recording. If you're cool with that, yeah, I'm cool with that.